Welcome to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to O's Corner. I am your host, Onyi, and I am so grateful for the opportunity to be here with you, to be holding this space, to be sharing this space, and to just know that you are listening and that you are receiving and will receive whatever there is for you to receive in this moment, just like I'm receiving whatever there is for me to receive in this moment, even though I am the one that is curating and cultivating the space. So I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your energy. And as always, let us take our moment to ground, to center, to be in a place of gratitude. Gratitude for this life, gratitude for the opportunity to be here, to be experiencing everything we are experiencing, to have the opportunity to take all that we are learning and utilize it to help us to be more of who we are, to grow and to learn and to transmute our information into knowledge, our knowledge into wisdom, and to utilize that wisdom again to remember who and what we are and first and foremost I would like to thank and greet our higher selves in the tradition that I practice our ori our spiritual head I greet your ori I greet my ori and I thank our oris for choosing to incarnate in this existence in this dimension on this version of earth as it is so that we may learn everything that we are learning I thank you I thank our ancestors, I greet my ancestors, I greet your ancestors. Thank you to the ancestors of the lands that we inhabit, that we occupy. Thank you to our collective ancestors that go back to the beginning of time, across all dimensions. Everything that came before us, that paved a way. And may we pave a way for our future generations that allows them to be at ease and at peace. And in their joy, in their sweetness, in their recognition of who they are and of their power, their power to be as they choose to be. I acknowledge and I thank the directions. I acknowledge and I thank the elements and elementals. I acknowledge and I thank the beings in the plant, mineral, and animal kingdoms. I'm so grateful for everything on this earth. I'm grateful for everything outside of this earth. I'm grateful to be a part of this existence, this multiverse, this universe. To be a part of the all that is, the one, breaking apart into many, converging back into one, that exchange, that existence, that oneness, that multiplicity. May we see our reflections in everything. May we know ourselves. May we be ourselves. May we love ourselves. I thank you. I'm so grateful. Ashe. So today is our second Friday of the month and second Fridays are dedicated to love, sex, dating and all things relating, which I like to call LSD with Oni. Um, That reference still cracks me up because those of you who know me and those of you who don't know me, (laughs) I don't really do a lot (laughs) when it comes to any type of hallucinogenics, of recreational drugs and so forth. So for me to call anything LSD is just hilarious (laughs) and it's so interesting because right now it's raining pretty strongly it's been raining for the last couple days on and off and earlier 
it was actually hailing. And I was hearing the sound of what seemed more than rain <laughs> against, I think it was my, my roof. And I was like, that's not rain. That sounds a little more like other, like harder things are striking this surface. And I went outside and sure enough, there were little pebbles of hail on the on the ground. And so, so interesting, the weather that we've been having. And when I think about rain, when I think about wind, when I think about all the different weather phenomena and just how the earth responds and reacts to us, how we respond and react to the earth, I always like to look at the symbolism. You know, I think there's symbolism in everything, or you can choose to not see symbolism in anything. It's your choice. And for me, all of life gives us messages. And I like to use those messages to, again, help me to be more of who I am. And really, when I think about rain, I think about clearing out of things. That water energy, that flow, that being in our emotions, being in spirit, being in the unknown, cleaning, clearing, washing away. When I think of wind, it's also been pretty windy as well. Just transformation comes to mind, the winds of change. I always think about the specific energies and deities called Orisha or Irumole in the tradition that I practice, which is Ifa, and those energies that are associated with transformation and change, such as Oya or even Eshu, and the energies that are correlated with water and clearing and delving into emotions and spirits such as Oshun, Yamoja, Olokun even, you know, different. They all manifest in different elements of nature and even seeing things from a higher perspective and really tapping into our wisdom and an understanding about things. So looking at energy such as Obatala and just all of them, you know, there's so many different energies and deities in this tradition and so many other traditions that speak to just what we all have access to within us. You know, we are part of everything. We have all these different energies. So it's really beautiful to experience them, experience them through nature, through the weather and to remember who we are by, again, just paying attention to nature in our natures. And when looking at what I wanted to discuss today for relationships and relating, something that's been interesting as I've been having conversations with friends has been about just looking at the idea of relationships, of partnerships. And, you know, the last year has been one of just dramatic change, really things flipping upside down, inside out, the crumbling of things, the burning away of things, the rocking of foundations. And even just the last month or so for me, I've just been feeling in this place of just different or difference. And just considering that when it comes to relationships and what is different for us when it comes to how we conceive of, how we cultivate, how we create relationships and specifically I'm thinking about romantic relationships romantic partnerships I mean we can think about just relating in general no matter what type of relating it is but you know focusing on the topic for this week for me it's just romantic relationships and you know how can we cultivate and create something different than what we've known you know the idea of conditioned relationships 
especially in a puritanical sense in the ways that many of us have been conditioned, especially through religious contexts in terms of looking at the idea of one man, one woman, they get married, they have children and, you know, whatever the rest of the story is and how that model is not in alignment with everybody. And, you know, for me growing up in a very Christian household, that definitely was the idea of, okay, you grow up, you find a husband, find a wife, and you have children. Oftentimes you don't have sex until you have that husband or wife, at least that's the idea. And uh, you just go on about living that life. And you live together, you cohabitate, and it's supposed to be, you know, this happily ever after story. And it was not until just going to high school, going to college, meeting people who did not identify as heterosexual or, quote, straight, which I don't even, it's weird, I don't like using that word, straight, even though I know that's the word that we have often used and continue using, but I was having this correspondence with someone who got a little irritated by the fact that I said I didn't like the word straight necessarily. And I had to check this person, this male person. And I found out, I realized pretty quickly, he had some insecurities and some, a lot of actually misogynistic ways that he was operating from. So that was an interesting correspondence, an interesting brief relating with this person. But, you know, I was saying, you know, again, and not, I'm not going to be like, and yeah, never use the word straight. But it's like, you know, when I think of the idea of calling something straight, then to me, I think of, well, then whatever is not considered straight is then crooked, is then out of shape. And that seems like such an interesting way to describe or to classify anything. It just, in, in the moment that I was sharing this with this person, it just, that kind of struck me. And that was a thing that I was thinking about. And, you know, what, I feel like this, this episode is going to be more so me asking questions or posing questions for people to answer in terms of, you know, what is your own preference for a relating, for a romantic relating, if that is something that you're interested in, or, you know, you currently may be in a relating, a romantic relating, and are operating from a place of what you have known, what you have been taught is what there is to do, what you have seen reflected in society, in movies, in literature, in all sorts of things. And every culture is different. You know, so the perspective that I'm coming from being in the U.S. is, you know, I am in the U.S., I'm an American, and I'm cishet. So, you know, that is the perspective that I'm coming from. But I try to have an open mind, an open perspective about what that could look like for anybody, no matter what you choose. And it doesn't have to look any way. I, I don't think people should be shamed for any decisions that they make. It's so interesting considering the idea of, you know, people being shamed for having perspectives, beliefs, or living lifestyles that go against the quote norm. And then this idea that people want to be like rebels or people want to go against the norm. So if you choose something that you actually prefer that looks closer to the norm, there's this idea of shaming for being like 
just normal or what is considered normal or the norm or boring. And it's like, I, I'm not trying to shame anyone for anything that they choose, regardless of why they choose it. Like, what's this thing about shaming people for their choices? To me, when you step into a position of shaming anyone, regardless of why, the question that I ask you is what's going on with you for you about that thing <laughs> that you are not that you are not sitting with, you are not reconciling, you are not understanding, you are not bringing to light to where you feel the need to shame someone else. Because much of the time, it's shame you have within yourself and you're not willing to to really deal with that shame. So the only thing that you can do because that that energy has to come out in some way, shape or form is to project it onto others. Or if it doesn't come out, then it's going to make you sick in other ways. So that's interesting. But for me, it's like, you know, what are the ways in which people would engage romantically in romantic partnerships, in, you know, marriages or however, whatever term you want to use for uh, this category of relating? You know, if, if, (laughs) if our conditioning wasn't a factor, if money wasn't a factor, if what your family thought wasn't a factor, if race and ethnicity wasn't a factor in the sense that we as human beings didn't (laughs) disregard each other because of race, if so many things that we as human beings have used as excuses for negating each other were not factors, if you could literally choose if you could literally be with whomever you wanted, however you wanted, that could look like anything, what would that be? What would that look like? Do you even know? Do, we, do any of us know? Is it even possible to fathom the ability to make a choice outside of what we have been conditioned on some level, in some way, shape, or form, to prefer even our preferences, <laughs> you know, a good friend of mine. Now we're talking about it years ago. And actually, you know, we talked about the fact that what we call as preferences are references. We have a reference to something that either worked or didn't work, that felt good or didn't feel good, that brought discomfort or brought comfort. And because we hold on to that reference, then any situation, any person that comes along that we can use to compare against our reference of the thing in the past, then we make decisions based on that rather than making decisions based on face value of the energy that we are experiencing with that person, the energy of us within us as it is naturally in its full excitement that the other person's reflection generates, helps us to generate within ourselves. You know, what is that? If we didn't have standards of beauty that oftentimes, you know, (laughs) chose specific people who look a certain way, if we didn't have those preferences just, just splattered in our faces from every direction, you know, what would people find attractive? If we didn't have these specific tropes and just stories of like, yes, and you have the the husband or wife and the 2.5 kids and the dog and the white picket fence, 
what type of situation would people create for themselves? I remember I was talking to someone years ago about an ideal living situation that I thought of. I can't remember how this actually came about because I don't think I really had a reference for it per se. You know, maybe it was after having been part of this intimacy project discussion group that I was part of for a few years, actually, that I started thinking this way because certainly prior to that, my idea of cohabitation looked like the conventional or what I don't actually even know if it's conventional anymore. I feel like folks these days have been living all sorts of ways that we're just continuously shifting and bending what we have all known in many ways, at least, you know, here in the U.S. I can't speak to any other place, but I'd be curious to know what that looks like in other countries um, that maybe, you know, are more conservative or less conservative. So I'm not even sure. But the idea of cohabitating of just, you know, okay, you live in the house with your with your family, with your spouse, you share a bed and so forth. Um, you know, that's just what I thought growing up, because that's for the most part what happened. Um, but something that occurred to me was like, wow, you know what? I think that my ideal living situation would be I have my room, my husband or partner has his room. Then we have a room that is our common room that we are together in and we do all the things we do together in. But we have our own separate rooms if we only had one house or if we had one house with multiple floors. It's like I have my floor. You have your floor. We have the common floor where we do things so that, you know, we have our own individual spaces our own individual spaces. We can do whatever we want in that space. We can decorate however we want it to be decorated. We don't have to necessarily answer to any person about, you know, what it looks like or feels like. It's just a space for us to be our individual selves. And look, if you want to come to my my floor or my room, cool, you can do that. But it's my space. And you, you, you can try to tell me what I can do with it. But I'm going to be like, well, how about you go do that in your space? Because that's what it's there for. You know, this idea that we come into, it's not even an idea, it's the actuality. We come into this world alone in the sense that we are coming in as our own individual energies with our own destinies, with our own preferences, with our own so many different things. And yes, we have relationships, companionships, we have help, we have support by, you know, all the people around us in direct and indirect ways. But We are living this existence and this experience like it's a solitary experience and this existence. And it's so interesting, the idea that when you become a couple, which is something that I think for generations, it's like you are a couple, then you blend everything and you're supposed to take on whatever it is that your partner is doing. And like you become this unit that no longer holds for or no longer acknowledges the individual. And I mean, maybe it hasn't been happening for generations. I don't know necessarily the history of the coupling and relationships, you know, in this country or other countries. Because again, to me, it's always funny when I think about studies on relationships and things and how the focus is on on the U.S. or even white people in the U.S. and they don't take into consideration like any other (laughs) ethnicity. I'm like, "Mm, really? 
let's do a, a sampling of the worlds actually and what that looks like for the worlds um because we all see things differently and that's shaped by culture that's shaped by our lineages our ancestry to some degree or not even if you don't have a direct awareness of your ancestors like that's your blood that's what you came from and it speaks in some way shape or form and it influences what you do in some way shape or form so it's like looking at people's people's ways of engaging people's ways of seeing the world it's just interesting to consider what that is and how that has been influenced by you know generations before them from their you know specific origin points their motherlands but anyways i digress uh but yeah this idea of like i have my space you have your own space and then we have this common space whether it's in one house separated by rooms or one house separated by floors or even i mean look if like i said you know what would you choose if money wasn't an issue if we had separate houses and you have your house i have my house and we are like right next door to each other it just for some reason that just seemed like wow that's such an amazing set up and i remember i told this to someone and they're like oh i can tell you've been single for a long time and i was like what what is that i mean they may not have meant it in a derogatory and negative way but i kind of took it that way like what it's like oh so i can't just have this idea not because i've been single or not single for any particular time but because i'm actually considering the idea of just cultivating space for myself really continuing to work on developing me who i am individually but also cultivating and allowing for a partnership and recognizing that that entity that we create is its own entity and that our reflections against that entity are helping us individually as well but i don't know i just like that the idea of you having still your individual space you're not giving up who you are as an individual you are still cultivating that you are still growing and learning and you still have the opportunity to engage with your partner and the space you have with your partner is its own space i just something about that seemed really beautiful to me and it's just interesting to even think about you know the the idea of you know and i don't know what specific tradition if it's not multiple traditions and comes from multiple lineages uh and indigenous um practices of you know the direction in which you sleep and it might be associated in some senses um with feng shui you know in one specific cultural expression but i want to say that this practice is something that is spoken to in other traditions and other indigenous traditions where you know like what is the orientation in which a person faces or is resting in order to just be in more alignment with who they are energetically and considering you know if we if we take that idea and then we look at couples who sleep next to each other often or all the time like one of the things that I wondered when I heard about this idea of you know being mindful of the direction in which your head faces when you sleep I thought, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. So I wonder if people that are coupled up 
or whatever they're doing, who often sleep next to each other, if if they kept that in mind or had that in mind, how many of those same couples, you know, once they understood or looked into kind of the direction that their head was facing when sleeping, how many of those couples would realize, oh my goodness, one of us, or perhaps both of us, but let's say one of us, has been sleeping in a direction that is maybe not in as much alignment with us as would be if we were sleeping in another direction. And then if you understood that or learned that and decided to live that, would you actually do so comfortably? Or would you be attached to the idea of, well, this is my partner and we must sleep in the same bed and face in the same direction? Like, how would that be? How would that shift that person's relationship? You know, if they're tied to, they're attached to the idea of, as a couple, we do things this way or we don't do them at all. And if we don't do them at all, then that has a negative effect on our relationship. It's like, what does that say about the strength of or the idea of what a relationship is comprised of. It's just, it was an interesting train of thought that I was going down when I thought about this years ago. And when I thought about the idea of just cohabitation and then considering couples who do long distance relationships, you know, I actually had a relationship in the past that, you know, even though we didn't have the official title of boyfriend and girlfriend or some sort of partnership, we still had affection for each other. We still told each other at some point that we loved each other. And there were conversations here and there about me moving to be with the other person or considering if the person could move to be with me. And I mean, we, we were in this relating for at least a year. And just thinking about other people who do that. And, you know, for me, the long distance relationship, it was too long of a distance for me. I realized then that it was just too much. I preferred that my partner was with me or that I had access to them more easily. And it's, I mean, I actually consider that now in terms of just who I am and how much I've changed to where could I be in a long distance relationship like that? You know, it's it's interesting to consider who I am and what I am in a partnership because it's actually been some time for me that I've been in a partnership and I've gone through so many different changes. I mean, not just the last year or so with quarantine and isolation and just going within for that purpose, but even just my spiritual initiation, all the different work I've done just <laughs> that I do all the time, you know, this inner work is not something that I just started last year. I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, thinking back to the last time I had a specific conventional relationship, which was years ago, it's been, I've gone through so many changes. So it's like, I'm so curious to see who and what I am in a relationship, what I prefer. But I know that, you know, at that time when I was looking at that long distance relating and it was just yeah I I couldn't really couldn't really do it any any longer but you know thinking about it now and even then I still liked the idea of like well regardless of you know 
being closer in distance, I still like the idea of just having our own individual spaces. You know, just having the ability to know that I have my space, you have your space, and we have our space that we come together. And it's just interesting to consider that, you know, consider that space or how you sleep or even, you know, again, going back to the idea of, you know, the direction in which your head faces, even if, you know, let's say you both face the same direction and that is in alignment with you, you know, is there a case for occasionally sleeping alone because you just need to be in your own energy field for whatever reason, just to, to be in your own energy field. You know, it's like I wonder what different decisions people would make, things that came to them that, you know, seemed different or strange because they're not used to it or it's not something that they saw reflected as examples in any of the partnerships that were around them. But, you know, if a thought came to them of, oh, this would be interesting for us to try as a couple or to do differently You know, how many people would actually explore that versus pushing the thought away because, oh, but we can't do that because you don't do that in a partnership. And for me, this idea of just difference and different is something that I think, you know, this year, especially and going forward, that I encourage us to really step into You know, what can you do differently for you, for your relationship, with you in your relationship that can actually open things up for you and your relationship in ways that you never would have imagined? I think so many of us are recognizing the degree to which we've been boxed into the idea of how we needed to be, who we needed to be, what we needed to be what that's supposed to look like across gender, across race, across orientations, across all the different levels of identity, levels of categorization, levels of experience. Like we have been boxed up. (laughs) We've been boxed up from a place of just wanting to maintain an idea of conformity, to maintain oppressive systems, to maintain hierarchies, to operate from scarcity mentalities and so forth in so many different ways that we have been stifled or we've stifled ourselves or we have agreed to the stifling through the boxing. And I think what the last couple years have really encouraged us to do is to break free from those boxes, to really be who you are truly learn who you are truly, again, all of the going within, all the self-reflection, all of the, you know, removing all of the external distractors, external, you know, elements that we were using in the past to determine who we should be. Life is like, go within and really, truly know who you are. And what does that look like when it comes to relationships? What does that look like when it comes to your preference? You know, are you attracted truly to who you're attracted to? 
whether it's, you know, appearance wise, whether it's gender identification, are you really attracted to that? Are you not attracted to who you say you are not attracted to or who you've said you were not attracted to in the past? Is there any is there any possibility for something different? And that's something different allowing you to understand and see and be more of who you are. Are you comfortable with different living arrangements? Are you truly monogamous? Are you polyamorous? You know, if you've been possessive in relationships, you know, what has that been for you as a reflection of what's going on within you? You know, do you feel like you need to cohabitate with someone? Or have you resisted cohabitating with someone and are now recognizing that you actually would prefer that? Do you prefer long distance? Have you considered in the past that you didn't prefer it, but perhaps you would? Perhaps you would like a situation where you get to see that person every once in a while and then you're good because you got some other stuff that you are going to do for yourself. What is that for you? What is that? Really take a look at what your preferences are. Really take a look at what you would prefer to cultivate when it comes to your romantic relationships. Are you one that has felt like you always needed to be in a partnership, in a relationship? You know, some people go from one to another to another after every breakup, you know, they're on to the next partner because they've in the past imagined that they can't be alone. Now, in this moment, who you are, is that true anymore? Have you learned a lot about yourself to where you recognize that actually there was nothing to run from when it comes to solitude? Have you even tried it? Or are you the opposite where you avoided being in partnerships because you just imagine that you prefer being alone and that, you know, relationships are trouble or difficult or that you'll never find anyone. So you might as well be alone. But after having done so much self-reflection, going within, have you considered that perhaps that was coming from a place of fear, of anxiety, and that what you actually would prefer is companionship? And it's just a matter of bringing your wall down, being vulnerable, communicating, just being who you truly are. What is that? I don't know. I feel so excited at the idea of just every one of us, all of us, really flipping upside down what it is we think that we know. Or considering the fact that what we thought we knew what we thought we preferred is completely different now. And not that it was not valid, not that it you know, was false before, but because we've gone through and we continue to go through so many changes that it could look completely different. We are brand new all the time. We're changing all the time. Millions of times per second. So we're always changing. And especially in these recent times, I think we've collectively gone through some really massive changes. And so I'm curious to see how those massive changes really trickle down to 
our romantic relatings. What does that look like? You know, what was taboo for you before that maybe is no longer taboo? What was not an option before that maybe is an option? What had you not considered before to where you're now considering things because you've realized that the lack of consideration for them in the past was based on some bullshit? Based on some absolute bullshit that even the people that were promoting and perpetuating the bullshit, they probably didn't believe that bullshit themselves. (laughs) You know? In what ways can you cultivate what you prefer in this moment? And recognizing that you're not beholden to anything in particular. You get to change. You get to be different. You get to be whatever you are being in any given moment. You know, make whatever agreements that you can make with integrity, with transparency. And to me, communication is key. And as you shift and change, communicate. And I think if we're all coming from a place of communication, from our places of vulnerability, from our place of integrity, from our places of transparency, then if we're just being what we are being from our truth and acting from our joy and our excitement, then synchronicity in life just works with us. And any resistance to that from other people, any people feeling a certain way about it, that's, you know, they have to work through that themselves. But again, if we're all in this place of being willing to work and grow and learn, then that too shall pass. They too shall move through whatever they move through and become more clear and more empowered versions of of themselves. I don't know. I just have a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's high hopes or I can imagine different dimensions of this earth where we are all just living from our truth, living in the moment, relating in the moment as it comes to us with honor, with reverence with integrity, with joy, and just imagining what that would look like as far as relating in all the ways, but in particular, just romantically, sexually, in those specific ways, I'm just like, wow, what could that look like? I feel like it would just be really beautiful. It is, it's beautiful now. We're all learning what we're learning. Even <laughs> the stuff that occurs that we don't prefer, you know, they are beautiful opportunities to learn and grow and heal. But just imagining another dimension <laughs> where we're coming from our truth, our light, our love, our freedom just feels really delicious. And I'm looking forward to it, y'all. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and your energy and your presence. And I hope that some of the questions I brought up and the other messages that came through give you something to think about. And by all means, send me any questions or comments or explorations that you've had about this very topic. I'd love to hear from you. And yeah. And this rain is so wonderful. It's clearing out so much. So I hope that as time goes on, you become more clear. Things that you don't prefer, you're able to wash away, transmute, dissolve, integrate. So that you can be, again, more of who you are. You can be lighter. You let go of what doesn't serve you. When it comes to relationships, 
and in general, just let go and be light and be clear and remember your connection. Ah, Thank you, thank you, thank you to our higher selves. Thank you to our ancestors. Thank you to the elements and elementals. Thank you to the directions. Thank you to the beings and the plant, mineral and animal kingdoms. Thank you to everything on earth, everything outside of earth. We are constantly in relationship. It is all relationship, period. And may we relate from the place of knowing who we are, being who we are, loving who we are. And may we see our reflection in everything. May we love ourselves. May we love each other. May we just love. May we love. May we love. Ashe. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. And until next time. You've been listening to O's Corner with your host, Onyi. Want to know more about Onyi? Log on to onyi.love. That's O-N-Y-I dot love. Thanks for listening.